0: Hi and welcome to episode one. In this episode, Stephen and I are having a chat about the new reality, the new normal. We discuss the Twelve Monkey Principle and universal awareness. There's also an important piece about people will remember what you do and what you didn't do, which is I thought was interesting. And then we have a chat about goals. And I think this is a good one. Stephen's big on goals, and I've learned a lot about goals. And in this one, it's about the importance of remembering that goals add energy. And um, there's a new way of looking at smart, which Stephen discusses. It's good fun. It's our first time recording a uh, conversation after ten years. Um, hope you enjoy it. So. We're, we're all lively, we're all chatty, so you do this. So,
1: so what's been happening?
0: So, I think the, the the starting point for this then, in a way, is that so you spend all your you know talking to a wide range of different people throughout the whole week, but you're still doing that, but you're just doing it by video and by Zoom and stuff. So it's all a bit different. How many people do you reckon you've spoken to then during this whole coronavirus COVID pandemic? By Thursday it'll be two hundred and sixteen in the past six weeks. Two well, seven
1: seven weeks. Seven weeks.
0: Wow. And and a lot of those you one off conversations or a lot of those repeat conversations? What are you find? Well
1: looking back around the cycle. So um, I think it was the first sort of five, six weeks, it was a kinda almost everyone was a one off or the first one. And now there's a kind of blend of some people are now kind of ready to talk uh, or they've got something to talk about um, and the others, it's a, a fair follow-up um, on where they were before uh, and given that so many things have changed in the past three, four, five weeks with people. Yeah. Um, it's relevant then to sort of, it's a genuine catch-up without just uh, how you feeling. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we're... we're in a sort of different world now than we were three, four,
0: five weeks ago. So people so I mean I'm finding that my mood, my general mood, you know, goes up and down almost I have good hours and I have bad hours. But I'm guessing that my general trend is is going one way. You know, and I think on the whole it's going okay. You Know you kind of get used to it, you kind of sort of settle yourself into it, you know, you get a bit bored of it, and then you start to, you know, you get, get out of it. But you're you've, you, this is quite a good way of seeing those differences. Then, so like four weeks ago, what do you think was there a commonality into what people were thinking about and worried about? And now, four weeks later, are they all thinking about something else, or are you finding that everyone's moving at different paces? You know, what's because with that 200 people, you've probably talked. To more people than most well there was there was
1: some that were different for geography and and the difference being that they were in a different space in the cycle of yeah. of this you know pandemic and, and therefore depending where you are in the world it was either week one or week eight you know at the beginning and um and obviously it's thats the circumstances and restrictions have been a little bit different yeah different places so people were going through different situations and but everyone was going you know so if you if you take the people in the same sort of geography they were going through the the first week conversation of are you all right you know have you got somewhere to be and the second week was then a kind of right are you set up have you got the support are you okay how are you coping with everyone being at home at the same time um and then it was a kind of right, how do we engage people? How do we communicate? And then it kind of moved into, well, how do we still bring that social element, you know, of, you know, uh, and coming up with all different things on on video of, you know, virtual beers and,
2: you know,
1: raffles and bingo and all this kind of stuff. And then it kind of, there was a thud after that on a Monday morning where everyone kind of realized, well, I'm kind of set up now. This is it. This yeah. week is. More or less like how it's probably going to be for the next possibly 12 weeks, and that reality sort of really sort of thudded everybody on the floor.
0: I like the and through that, but I, like the, I like the fact that you didn't use it, and I'm going to use it now, just to know it, this new normal. I actually, you know, the new normal is kind of doing my head in a bit. I like new reality, reality sounds a bit harder than normal reality's got a bleaker sound to it. I kind of like that. This is our new reality. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, that's because you like going into things and you go into it, the first thing that hits you is the harsh reality. The bit that drags you down is when you realise this is the new normal <laughs> yeah. and it just deflates because this is it. Yeah. You know, and, and so what you're doing is you've moved away from having a vision of what it might be and then maybe some goals of what it could be down to some objectives of what you want it to be till it's just another starting point. This is just now where it is. And therefore, all the momentum gets taken away. And that's where you thud onto the floor because you're just flat. And you go, is this it? And then things moved kind of quickly. And I've had these experiences, Warren, where there's a concept of the 12th monkey that goes way back. Have you heard this?
2: The 12th 12th monkey. monkey?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a theory that when um, monkeys in certain parts of the world used to dig up potatoes and they would kind of try and brush the dirt off and then they would eat the potato. Um, there was one of the monkeys who took it down to the shore, washed the mud off of it in the water and then ate the potato and the salt and the water made the potato taste better and there's this concept that once the 12th monkey knew that all the monkeys knew it it was this kind of universal awareness you know uh, all over that then monkeys knew this so there's a concept of the 12th monkey that it's almost like a tipping point type thing
0: but you know once so many people get it, everybody kind of gets it this this is um, like um the sheep um and you know they used to have those to stop them escaping there used to be those little poles like that, and so their feet wouldn't go on it and because they would so they would they would stop them getting out of fields and then suddenly within a month all sheep had figured it out they were rolling across it and it's like mm. well you know they have, there isn't a newspaper like the 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 you know the daily bar or something which is telling everyone this is what you've got to do they all figured it out on, on their own somehow so a universal awareness
1: okay. yeah and and i've experienced us several times of. Uh, First of all, that realisation, this could be it. This could be, you know, it forever. This could be the new normal. And everybody kind of fell flat. Then it was, well, how do we get people productive? Well, the sort of stage in between that after that became the, when businesses realised this might be lasting longer than they'd hoped, they then had to get the financial models in place. So there was redundancies, there was furloughs, there was reduction of hours. And that sort of got people in some ways energized again because it was a bit more disruption and, you know, this is another thing that can't last, therefore this is okay. So, and they were all sort of getting through this. But then after there, there was a kind of thought of, oh, productivity, how do we still get people to be productive? And how do we keep them engaged? And so there was another sway of that. And then, and what was becoming clearer at this point is where, you had line of sight for about an hour or two at the beginning your line of sight was now a day or two and then it would become three or four days and now it's probably about a week and you know and the sort of rhythm that we're in of lockdowns for three weeks at a time you're kind of looking at things on two and three week cycles so you're starting to look a bit further ahead But it became so clear that I've never known last week's conversation to be very distinctly last week's conversation. (laughs) Um, Normally, you would get three or four weeks out of a concept or a conversation, but the time you would sort of, you know, get round and it's no longer news. Um, If you didn't catch last week's conversation, we were already into a new one this week. And, you know, and so it became... What really hit me was last week, round about Tuesday, I get the first request from a, and a conversation from a client who was saying, so do you know anybody who's starting to put plans in place for going back? And that started last week. So that really became last week and a bit of this week's conversation. Yeah. So, you know, all it's been is about finding what that, that week's conversation is yeah. as early as you can. And then that's where you're, you know, you're playing your part in this universal awareness of, you know, here's a question to think of, here's a situation, here's something further to be considering. And that's been the case. Yeah, I've still got some exceptional clients and exceptional in that they've been either positively impacted by the disruption or they haven't been impacted much at all. And they're still wanting of conversations about the career, the promotion, you know, the the member in the team who's maybe not pulling their weight as much, you know, and, and there's, it's the kind of, you know, and I hate the term business as usual, um, but it's um, going back to the sort of more run-of-the-mill kind of conversations that you would have during any any period of time. And yeah. those are the things that are at the forefront of their mind. Um, and I suppose I'm one of the few people who they can genuinely talk to about that and uh, because it's without judgment you know, rather than speaking to people who are going through trauma and saying, yeah, but I've got a difficult guy in my team.
0: Yeah. But is that... So for, I, mean, I, like the, I like the idea is that we're all going to roughly go through the first stages. But do you think we are more social now? When you just sort of said, like, are you okay? How are you set up? I felt that everyone... Gen- I mean, look, I had a call this morning and we were talking to this woman and, again, she's in Eastern Europe, and, and she was talking about, uh, she's from in Belarus. So we're like, oh, so that's different. You know, you're, they've got a very different approach to this. All. I feel that there's a genuine level of interest in me and all the other people in the court with this person who is a stranger and will probably remain a stranger. It's, I mean, is this because we're so starved of our normal day-to-day social stuff, do you reckon? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I genuinely think that there's there's a, a real desire to find out and be interested socially but what
1: we've got at the moment is and it's a very unusual thing to have is a really common a solid common ground yeah. on which to base conversation yes. whereas and, and if you have that common ground to begin with you overcome differences of opinion differences in, you know culture yeah. conflict argument because you've got that common ground and it's a solid common ground, you're not trying to create it or manufacture it or manipulate it, it's there, you know, and this is the, and I don't think people have become more social, I just think we've got a common ground platform in which to engage with people. Um, right. And you know, And for those who have been using that, I think they've engaged with more people more confidently. And having that confidence to then say, "How are you?" because "How are you?" is a more relevant question now yes. than it be seen as a kind of small talk nicety, right. you know, and um, things six months ago. And there will be a point in six months' time, you know, um, where that's no longer a well. What are you asking that for, you know? Um, how do you how how do you think I'm, you know? <laughs> so I uh, I do think there's there's a window of that that over a period of time, you know, the things that you do just now, the things you offer just now, the things you contribute just now will be seen as helpful and productive and empathetic and relevant, that if you're still offering that in six months' time, you're going to look a little bit desperate.
0: You're right. That's a, that's a good one, isn't it? You're right. It just allows us to have a... Because normally, you know, you have that trick of trying to, you know, Drop an intimate fact into conversation to create a artificial, you know, feeling of of of, of intimacy or relationship. And this line, you know, you, you can have no negotiation without a connection, and you know, and there's no selling. you uh, and it's, it's it's solid. You're right, because and it is genuine. But we're um, walk-
1: asking, asking about people's parents, Warren. You know,
0: um, no, because I mean, you
1: know that if if they if they've got parents that are still with them, then you know, they're probably of a, a, an age group where they're on the, the, the list of being at risk. So they're, they're even more in the thinking than they would have been, you know, 10 weeks ago for a lot of people. So we've got those common things. And yes. this is, you know, the and I don't think it necessarily brings people together. It just gives you a common ground that you yeah. don't normally have.
0: Yeah, that's it, isn't it? That's it. We actually always wanted to be social. It was just always harder to be more social with, with people. As you said, it ended up just being small talk, and because it was small, now the small talk is big talk because it is about, as you said, people's lives, your family, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I like that. Okay. And, and, we're,
1: all going, and we're all going through our stuff, you know, the, the mood swings, the, the undulations of feeling okay, not feeling okay, you know, the not just the physical restrictions that everyone is sort of you know talks about but also the emotional restrictions and the psychological restrictions that everyone's going through and a lot of these things are going to last an awful lot longer long beyond when any physical restrictions are reduced and the emotional and the psychological will still be there and and so the you know, as I've said to everybody that I've spoken to, you know, your clients, your friends, your family, everybody's just going to remember two things out of all this. They'll remember what you did do and they'll remember what you didn't do. And if you don't show care at this time, um, I don't know how long it would take to convince people that you do after all this.
2: Yeah.
1: Because this is the time.
0: Is it, is it and you're talking about what people but leaders especially i mean what is it yeah i mean I, th- I think it's relevant for everybody but certainly for leaders i mean people are going to remember
1: how they've been treated during this time more than anything yeah you know you know there's the what there's the why and there's the how you know the the what people have, have been asked to do during this time and you wouldn't get away with asking them to do that you know six months ago right and um, the, the why is you know this common ground where we all sort of get it but the how it's been done will linger longest you know and if it's been done with genuine compassion and care and consideration uh, then that's what people remember is that feeling how they were made to feel yeah but if they were made to feel just like a commodity or an inconvenience you know and i know some organizations are you know maybe a little bit too quick to go on the front foot of putting out mandates of we can reduce our physical footprint in our office space you know yeah. this is the time to be doing it um without necessarily um taking it off the spreadsheet and understanding how that's going to affect uh, the mental health and well-being and performance of other people yeah. um, and then people remember that you know there's you know there was some businesses that jumped on things and closed down very early and, yeah and you think was that opportunistic um, and then you've got others who have tried their very best and communicated all the way through, even when it's been bad news or disappointing news or difficult news. Yeah. They've done it by stepping up and saying, look, this is where we are. Yeah. You know, And uh, certainly with all the leaders that I've been working with and particularly at the early stages of this, it was really sort of encouraging them to show the two sides of empathy, not just trying to understand how others feel, but to share how they were feeling as well. Yeah. so that people understood that it was genuine yeah. and that the, the likelihood is there will be tougher decisions to come down the line. And that's still true today. Um, there will still be a lot tougher decisions to be made over a long period of time. Uh, however, that you know shapes up. But um, the telling me in advance um, makes me feel part of it. And just telling me when you have to um, makes me feel as if you would have avoided telling me if you could, and then just telling when I've challenged you. Uh, feels like you were trying to hide it, you know. So that being in the front foot and just having the the courage to be able to say, "Look, we all know what's going on, and these are the kind of things we're having to consider as leaders of the business." Yeah, and therefore, you know, it's important that you're aware. That this is what we're trying to do. This is how we're going to try and play this. But none of us know where we are and how this is going to play out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, and just that communicating that you don't have anything to communicate, yeah. you know, is one of the arts of the best leadership, particularly through uncertain times.
0: So that's, so yeah, so communicating, even if you don't know the answers, then, is, is a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness, is, basic, is basically, is yeah. it, a summary. People's confidence will come from knowing that you're
1: asking the right questions, not that you're necessarily coming up with the right answers. You know, you're you're working off your best current answer. Yeah. But if you're asking the right questions, better answers will appear. But you know, even communicating that there's nothing to communicate, otherwise people will fill the void by themselves and say, How bad is it that you can't even tell me? You know, and what you've got is a lot of people at home, a lot of people remote, a lot of people who have many other voices going on in their head from other places. And if you're not participating in and involved in that communication someone else is doing it for you
2: yeah
0: but then so if I you know if I'm looking at my numbers for a queue or for a year you know and I can kind of have I have a best case and I have a worst case so you know maybe it's 10% maybe it's 15% so if I'm communicating that maybe something's going to happen I know that it's not going to be too drastic but at the moment you know you're sitting there some businesses are down like 95 mm-hmm. if you start communicating we may only have five percent of the business that i thought we were going to have two months ago this i mean that could just rip you know all confidence and all momentum or, or feeling out of it so Before, I mean, I find I'd be relaxed, not relaxed. I'd be comfortable communicating. These are the sort of things we're looking at. And if things go well, this is what we'll be doing. If things go to plan, this is what we're planning to do. And if things don't go so well, these are the sort of decisions we have to make. And but 95% or 50% or 70%, some of the mad swings at the moment, that's just... I mean, you know, I was talking to somebody whenever whichever day of the week it was, whatever day of the week it was now. And they're talking about, do we close down the business and set up again? And then someone else was talking about what they're, they're working with a, a, a business, which, you know, it's just one of the biggest it ever, is it is it, done for the, for the two years. Neither of these options were on the table three months ago. So yeah. a level of commu- a communication, that openness would, I don't know if I'd appreciate it, as an employee in a way, because you may come up with something so scary that I don't want to hear it.
1: The the big thing is, well, what are you going to do about it? I mean, that, that's what the leadership is. And good leadership is good leadership, um, whether it's in difficult times or in boom times or the majority of time that we spend somewhere in between the two. Yeah. You know, and, and this isn't just, you know, passing on as a leader all your worries and anxieties uh, onto people about stuff that they can't affect. But it is giving them the reassurance that we're looking at it. Yeah. You know, at the moment we can't see any obvious answers, but we're going to keep looking. Yeah. You know, and we're going to look at other markets. We're going to look at other parts of the world what they are doing that are a little bit further on in the process to try and give us an indication. We're going to work out scenarios. We're, we're going to consider things. You really want to know that leaders in the business are exploring what the future may need to look like um, and not just saying, um, don't worry if it's bad enough, I'll tell you.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? It's that, yeah. Okay. But still, it is a bit <laughs> nuts. It is a bit nuts, isn't it? So. Universe. So go back to right the universal awareness. So the first couple of weeks, and it's or you know how are you? You all set up? How are we going to make this work? Now, people I'm talking to are saying is, we've got a fantastic way of working. You know, we've got, we've we, we had better management meetings. We've got new reporting, new dashboards. We've rewritten all the KPIs. I've got rid of people, the dead wood from businesses. You know, every, we, we are a lean, mean, fantastic, productive machine. And, and, and there's actually quite a lot of excitement in some, in, 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 in some businesses. But I do think that some of the, How I sort of referenced it was once, it's a bit like when you go on a crash diet, you know, it's like, you know, like your January diet, you know, where you're not going to drink and you to exercise every day and, you know, and I'm only going to eat this type of food and this type of food. And of course, these things never last. And the trick is, is can you just get enough of these things to, you know, to continue once the sort of adrenaline spike has gone? So that's coming, and, and, and I'm sure you know, you, you, you've you got these people already who are now starting to think, actually, this isn't gonna be sustainable, this this pace of working or this way of working. How are they, you know, how how do you prepare to come out of this? Because in the at the moment, the fact that you have all this drama and, and is almost something that is an energy that can be used, does that make sense? You know, like, you know, that, I like what you said about the, you know, first of all, you feel a bit flat, and then you start doing the new plans and the new way of working, and that gets a whole energy it gets rec- recreated. But eventually, that that planning is going to go. How do you how 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 would you be preparing for the next thing? Does that make sense as a question?
1: Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, and it's you know, if if you're looking from the bottom up, you're continually looking for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Yeah. And every time that momentum will then start to dip. You know, yeah. so you might get a sort of uh, excited about the plan. Once the plan's made, you know, there's now not another plan to be made. It's, well, what do we do? So you get those sort of beginning, you're beginning from the bottom up as opposed to with the end in mind. And this is, you know, it's interesting. I was having this conversation with um psychologist this morning who've worked for a long time. And we were talking about the, I've become a, a really aware that a lot of people, what they're missing most is their um, ability to set and have goals, genuine goals. Yeah. You know, and, we were, and 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 so she was saying to me, yeah, but I mean, you know, people, because there's a fatigue thing going on at the moment, you know, and people are talking about Zoom fatigue, or team fatigue and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. They're keeping going and keeping going and keeping going, because there isn't that connection to a sense of purpose. and. Because we're now moving into these summer months, we're moving into areas where people, you know, I I would have been in certain parts of the world on my vacation just now on my holiday. You know, my son graduates on Saturday. I was due to be in Texas this week for his graduation. You know, that's now not happening clearly. So you go through all these things. Now, those aren't goals. Those are plans. And so it's a test of your resilience that when things don't go to plan, and you know, most plans are as they would say out the window at the moment. Because yeah. how do you plan when things are so uncertain? And this is why having goals is so much more effective than having plans, because plans are really objectives because you know what you want to be doing and you've worked out how to get there. Yes. And then when this all happens and your plans are blown away in the wind, what do you got? Whereas with the goals, you reset the goal. When something like you reset the goal, the first, you know, I had a really good start to the year, this then hit, and it was a kind of, am I going to be able to, you know, all the goals I had set for the next quarter and the rest of the year, which were looking fantastic, all of a sudden, you think, oh, Well, that's now out the window. So you have to then reset goals. And so I set a goal of how many people do I speak to (laughs) and how many people can I get on the platform? Because that then gives me that I don't wake up in any day thinking, I wonder how I feel. I'm already the night before determining how I'm going to feel the next day. Otherwise, I'm going to be up and down just like most people who don't have a goal. They've just got a plan that's no longer valid.
0: I've got a plan, which is no longer valid. All right. So the, the difference between a goal and a plan in this in this context, what we I mean, so a goal, a, a, a goal is it, would you have a goal as a number? Or?
2: Oh,
1: a, a goal is something that you know what it looks like, but you yeah. don't know how you're going to get there.
2: Yeah.
1: Whereas an objective or a plan is something that you know what it looks like, but you've also determined how you're gonna get there. You've got your plan set out. Okay. So, so the goal has like a greater deal of flexibility in the how you're gonna get there. Okay. So this happens and you can either hold on to that goal if it's still valid for you, if it's still meaningful for you, but now the path to get there is totally changed. Okay. But, you're, but you haven't given up on the goal, or you set a goal that you're not going to give up on and you're going to work out how to get there. Yeah. So so I, that's I, but that's why a goal will go above all this rather than be consumed by the wave of, you know, the, the crashing waves of taking everybody's plans.
0: Yeah, so I can't say, oh, I'm going to do this amount of profit this year, but what I can still say is I, I still want to be the biggest in my sector by the end of this year because everyone else is still dealing with the same stuff. That's actually a still a valid goal. Obviously, all of the actions I'm going to do are totally changed now, but everyone else is changed as well.
1: But that's why it's a goal and not an objective, because the how you're going to get there still remains negotiable. You know, and goals are time preferred rather than time bound. So, you know, your your number for 2020 might be Q2 in 2021.
0: Yeah, that's still a valid goal.
1: Still a valid goal. Whereas if you plan to go on holiday and you've booked that holiday, those two or three weeks are now gone.
0: So that's it. So so a lot of the energy that's coming out then. Yeah. Is is actually because it's a new shiny plan. But those plans need to be reconfigured as goals. They need to be part of something bigger. Yeah, to avoid fatigue.
1: Yeah, and, and, and to, to have a genuine goals, and I have been, this this is shown so clearly that people don't have goals. Yeah. And the vast majority of people don't have goals. And they've not necessarily got goals for themselves, and they're certainly not setting other people goals and companies. And it's one of the things that people have become so reliant upon of being in a sort of particularly larger organisation. What they are is task-driven rather than yeah. goal-driven. Yeah. They're not outcome-focused, they're process-focused. And then when they've taken them out of the workplace, what they've been replaced is we'll stick to them. Here's a, here's a new process to follow. And, so, and here's the tasks to complete. And so everyone's doing what they need to do with process and tasks. Mm. But the reason why they're sort of just above that level of minimum energy is they're not plugging into something better. And the uncertainty should sit between you and the destination. But if you don't have a destination, you're just swamped with uncertainty and you're just waiting for it to be over. And this will not be over.
0: Yeah, this is good. So I reckon I'm pretty good at goals after 10 years of grip and brainwashing. But I think... I think I've confused goals with short. With, because goals I do goals are sexy and big and exciting and they mo- you know, motivate you and all of this. But because I had energy, I think I therefore had goals. And now I've got this fatigue, as you call it, coming on. I'm actually thinking, have a look at what I'm focusing on.
1: Yeah, well, look, goals give you energy. They don't take yeah. energy, they give you
0: energy. And so many, because I had energy, I think I had goals, but yeah. But I think I got the two confused. I think I got, oh, you know, you've got any, you're got you energetic. You're, I mean, the first few weeks of this whole thing, I was actually, I was quite loving it. I went, fantastic. These are my new plans. These are my new numbers. These are the new things I have to do every day. This is what I'm gonna achieve every week. This is what I'm gonna look like by the end of all of this. And I was really excited by it. And I know that that's starting to go down and therefore I probably haven't got goals. Or meaningful, purposeful, useful, interesting goals. Otherwise, that this shouldn't be. I shouldn't be feeling fatigued. Yeah, look, I've
1: been doing this for a long time, as you know, Warren. And there's things that I thought were goals, but they were just plans. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the thing I got. That's a... and,
2: and,
1: and as soon as you realise that what you're doing has been very conditional with things, yeah. that can't happen, that must happen, that's now not going to happen then yes. you know you're operating at a level of objectives and plans rather than rather than for goals. Um and, and that, you know, is common for us all. But it's just becoming more apparent at the moment but you can see the mood swings and the energy swings of people.
2: Yes. And
1: that they they haven't got that connection to a goal. And therefore they're just shrouded with the uncertainty. So if you think of a, a marathon runner You know, a marathon runner sets their goal. The distance is kind of there. That's set for you, but you set the goal of your time. But a a marathon runner will decide before they start the race that they're finishing it. Whereas others will start the race and run for as long as they can and wait to see how far it gets them. Because they're, they're planning to finish the race. Others have set the goal that they're gonna finish the race in a particular time. Yeah, and with, the, and with this, because the distance and the time is not predetermined for us, it's why we really need a goal. You know, and, you know, goals should be, you know, the specific, the measurable. But, you know, they should not They should then be a, a amazing and ridiculous, not achievable and realistic. Because that's where your energy comes from, something that is amazing, something that is ridiculous or radical, something that's ambitious. But also that it's time preferred and not time bound. Okay. Because one of the reasons why people aren't setting goals at the moment is because they don't know how long this is going to go on.
0: Exactly. So it is it? Well, but you would still say to have a specific goal?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you'll, you'll miss 100% of the goals that you don't set. You know, so it's, it's better that we're, we're setting a goal and a goal that's meaningful. And I would say at this time as well, there's a massive opportunity for setting a really meaningful goal. When you're getting that little bit of change of environment where People are getting to understand themselves a lot better. They might not necessarily like it, but they're getting to understand themselves a bit better. Maybe the goals that will set during this time would be different than the goals that they would have set before. Yeah. I would argue that for most, they can set goals now when they wouldn't have been setting a goal before because someone else would just tell them, here's your tasks, here's your tasks, here's your tasks. And if I complete these tasks, I can then plan to do something Nice. Now, planning to do something else is not the same as having a goal.
0: Ambitious, radical, time preferred. Yes. Radicals to make it fun, interesting, motivating, crazy, you know, exciting.
1: Something you don't have to be reminded about, you know. Okay. It's radical, ridiculous, you know. Um it's it's gonna make a difference yeah. to you, to the people around about you, to whoever or wherever me has meaning for you, but it's gonna be at the time you said it, it was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> and that's what you know makes people laugh, brings them a bit of energy, motivates, and then you think, well, why not?
0: And that's a nice thing isn't it that's quite a fun way to Look, i like that meaningful instead of measurable then ambitious instead of actual because you're right specific kind of covers that in the in the traditional smart doesn't it i mean that's there's a few different and time preferred so the time isn't as critical i mean obviously you know a month or three years is a big difference but as you said if you get to if you get if it's ridiculous and ambitious enough, whether you miss it by a month or two isn't the big deal, is it? Because you achieve something
1: that Well, I mean, you say to folk, when they set you know, a three-year goal or whatever, and you say, right, a a 12-month goal, and you say, right, okay, well, if I could guarantee you're going to get it, but it's going to take 13 months, would you hang on or would you give up? And then equally, if you set a 12-month goal, and I can guarantee you're going to get it, but it's going to arrive after nine months, would you be okay with that? It should yeah. be time preferred, and then you're allowing for things to happen and for it to breathe. But your objectives and your plans should be time bound, yes. because you know what it looks like. You know what you need to do to get there, so you should know how long it's going to take, so that you know how fast you need to be running. But with goals, they should breathe.
0: So you need to. So you'd review. So, with your team, or with you come to your leadership team, whatever, you'd review your goals in the light of what you now know. Which ones? Which ones hold, and which ones? Which ones don't? Which ones we have to forget about, and and and, and build a new set of, of of goals. And if they're ridiculous and interesting and meaningful and ambitious enough, then that will get the energy because like that that delivers a sense of purpose back to the teams. Then yeah. the objectives. Well, could change depending on how the next two weeks, you know, the next two weeks could be totally different in one country than in another, but the goal's going to still remain the same.
1: Yeah, and look, your plans and your tasks and all your little tactics and actions are really, really important when they are part of a bigger goal. Yeah. But just on their own, there won't be enough. You'll be yeah. busy, you'll get through this, and then you wonder where everybody else is going when the whistle goes.
0: So there you have it. It was the first of our chats, which we've recorded. We've got lots more to come. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope there was something good you got out of it. The idea is is that you're a little less bored, a little smarter, feel a little bit better about things. Um, If there's more you want to hear from us, then drop us a line. Um, My name is uh, Warren. So you can send me an email at warrenamsterdam, or one word, at gmail.com. And we'll be placing different stuff on social media. But first things first, we just thought we'd get this out. Thanks for listening. Thanks, of course, to Stephen for all of his wisdom and his kindness. One of the most generous people I know. Um, If there's more you'd like to hear, please let us know. Bye.